So amazing, uh, you see how they playing uh, Live wire, it's all about sports and entertainment uh, You don't wanna miss it, so official like you never seen Keep it going till the whistle blowing from the referee uh, Everything from highlights and stats You know that we gotta run it back Whether on the field or the court You know that this is where it's at uh, Subscribe, no delaying uh, This is Live Wire uh, Sports and entertainment Let's go What's good? What's good? What's good? Welcome to another Live Wire Sports Update. I'm back at you with another one. And with today's episode, we're going to talk ACC. Um, everything, probably a little bit of Miami. <clears throat> but we're going to talk about the division in a whole. On Tuesday, the ACC has announced new schedule format, which they have been talking about this for a minute now. Get away, with, get away from divisions and just have um, one division format, something like the Big 12 has done, which the Big 12 still had teams getting into the college playoff um, with Oklahoma um, for the last few years. Um, now, can this new format work for the ACC, especially with the resurgence of Miami, getting you know working its way back to prominence? Um, Clemson's still there, so... <clears throat> maybe if they have Clemson and Miami back at top or Florida State gaining back at top, then this, this, we could probably bring another team in. But we don't know for sure yet. Um, but as announced Tuesday, which this new format will take place in 2023, the league will be going to one division format with the top two teams playing in the conference championship game on the first Saturday of December, which will still be in Charlotte. Um, the eight-game conference schedule remain in place. Um, each team will play three primary opponents annually. Miami's trio includes Florida, Louisville, and Boston College, so they will play them teams pretty much every year, all of which have been in the Atlantic Division. The other ten lead teams will play each other twice during the four-year cycle with one home game and one on the road. Now, the new 355 format scheduling model is through 2026. So, if it works out, they'll renew it further along the way. Or they could always go back to the, go back to divisions. Who knows? It depends if they get more teams into the ACC, like a West Virginia, or they got... <clears throat> Somebody like a Notre Dame. Now, would Notre Dame want to be a part of this? Could, but, you know, with their independent TV deal, they could still be on the outside looking in, especially when it comes down to college football playoff situation. Because if Miami and Clemson becomes the two teams fighting for a position, then um, they are looking to expand the college football playoffs. So that could help um, conferences like you know, um, the Big 12 and the ACC, which, which don't have uh, well, a conference championship at this moment. And Notre Dame, that's, you know, virally wants to still stay independent. But with the Pac-12 gaining some relevancy and the Big 12 adding no, new teams, now they could go to divisions after that. You know what I'm saying? You still got the pack, you still got the Big Ten also there. So and now that Cincinnati has moved out, it's a lot of 
it's a lot of things that has to take place. Now, how will this benefit the ACC? Well, we'll see. Um, the future AC football scheduling model provides significant en enhancement for our schools and conference, with the most important being our student-athlete having the opportunity to play every school both home and away over the, a four-year period. Commission, the ACC Commissioner Jim Phillips said in a statement, we appreciate the thoughtful, the thoughtful discussions within our membership, including the head football coaches and athletic directors. In the end, it was very, it was clear this model is the best interest of our student athletes, program fans, and at this time, Miami, Florida State, our rivals who have faced each other annually since <clears throat> annually since 1969. Miami leads the all-time series 35-31. Florida won 31-28 last year, but they that's Manny Diaz fought on that game. Now, we should have won that game. Definitely should have won that game. We shouldn't have even lost to Florida State because Florida State was a bad team last year, really bad team last year. And there's no way that Miami should have lost to them at all. Um, but damn sure we're not losing to them this year. Um um ending a four-game winning streak for Miami in that series. Miami is 7-11 against Florida State in ACC competition. Miami and Boston College will be renewing day connection from the days in the Big East, um, but just two out of three against the Eagles as ACC opponents. So Miami doesn't have an ACC competi day competition against them, these teams are not good. It's it's pretty much nine and fourteen, so that's bad. Um, but Miami leads the all-time series twenty-four to six, but just two and three against the Eagles and ACC opponents. Boston College won the last meeting twenty-seven fourteen in two thousand eighteen. Dang, that's the last time they played each other. Miami leads Louisville eleven to three. 11-3 and one tie in the all-time series and is 2-1 and one against the Eagles and AC opponents. Because I think the, the year that we lost to them, they had Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Against the Cardinals as ACC opponents winning the last two meetings in 2019 and 20, 2020. Yeah, because Lamar Jackson was with them before then and we lost. Um... The ACC also announced that the uh, other home and away opponents um, through 2026, Miami will host Clemson, Georgia Tech, Louisville, and Virginia and play at Boston College, Florida State, North Carolina, and NC State in 2023. The 2023 schedule will not include um, – Piano, <clears throat> piano on foes such as Virginia Tech, who Miami has faced every year since 1992, going back to the Big East, and Duke, who Miami has faced each year since 2005. Miami has a non-conference schedule, <clears throat> non-conference non schedule, a non-conference game schedule in 2023, which Miami, Ohio, and Texas A&M at home game with the at Temple. So, I mean, 
I don't know how I feel about it. I mean, I don't know about this conference. I don't know how I feel about it right now. I mean, it could be beneficial for Miami. It could work out in their favor because then they don't have to worry about it. All they got to do is win out, have a better record. They don't have to worry about having division wins, conference wins, and all of that stuff. They just have to win games. So if they win games and have the best record over there, and then all they got to do, and then they 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 are they are playing a championship. So they could just win out and play in a championship, and then if they win the championship, they most likely they play in the playoffs. So and with Clemson didn't do good last year. They had Pitt. What what it was? Yeah, I think it was Pitt, and I think it was Pitt and Pitt and somebody last year. Been in the ACC conference game. So with that being said, I think it'll be good for Miami, especially the way they are getting their team back. Because you remember in the, I think what in the Big East, they did it that way. They did it that way in the Big East, and Miami always been on top every year coming out of there. So I think this format, they I guess changing this format and putting it back will probably they probably see where it will benefit Miami in the long run, you know, because therefore now you just have to face that team. You know, you you could say, for instance, if you go undefeated and you lose to Clemson and then and you lose to Clemson, um Um, then you still lost one game, and then you still have a chance to get in the playoffs, even if, if the playoffs expand to six to eight. So, that, I mean, whenever that takes place, they haven't been talking about it. Um, again, you know, hopefully probably next year or sometime this year or going into next year, depends on certain aspects. But – for my for Miami right now, I think you know not having Virginia Tech on the schedule will help them a little bit. They don't, and but I think that's that rivalry is going to be lost a little bit because I wish they still had kept that rivalry a little bit more. Um, and knowing that the um, the most <clears throat> can see having the two top finishers in the ACC, you know will earn a berth in the conference championship at the end of the season. Most Power 5 conferences have been pushed for the elimination of divisions during the 2022 season. The Big 12 has not had divisions since 2010. Between 2021, I mean 2011 and 2016, the Big 12 did not have a conference championship game. The Big 12 reinstituted their conference championship game following the 2016 the 2000, yeah, 2017 season with the top two teams standing earning birth. The foundation for the ACC decision begins doing that of this year, this season. Now, if you look at Miami's schedule for each year, um, Miami also, they will be playing in 2023. Um, they will play Clemson at home next year. They will play Georgia Tech, Louisville, and Virginia. And most likely, that Clemson game will be towards the end of towards the end of the year. Then away, they will have BC, North Carolina, the Wolfpack, and Florida, Florida State. Now, being honest, 
if Miami was to get past all of these teams in their non-conference games, because that's eight games, 9, 10, 11, 12, so you'll have four non-conference games, and, or, well, 8, 9, 10, 11, yeah, 11, I guess, 11 games, 11 to 12 games, um, and then you have your bye week. So if, just if you think about it, Miami, the next, well, this year, next year, and the year after, they have Clemson. 25 and 26, they don't have Clemson on their schedule at all, at all. But they still probably will will probably meet Clemson if they play in the championship game. So that beneficial. But say say they beat Clemson this year and beat them next year, <clears throat> and by beating them, they they will hold that 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 tiebreaker over them. If they did meet in a championship game, or Clemson has to fight to get to the championship game, the road for Miami could be very, very, very easy. Not very easy, but sustainable to a certain level of degree. So, um, cause like, well, last year it was the COVID season that they, the ACC eliminated divisions and added Notre Dame, and the Fighting Irish finished first in the regular season. Which in in a so year playing there playing a member of the ACC Clemson finished second, yeah exactly. See and that's why I think this is another reason why I think they got away from divisions where they could incorporate Notre Dame. So if they could incorporate Notre Dame and Notre Dame and playing over there with um uh playing in the division and playing against and have no group against. Um, teams that Miami play, say Miami play Clemson, and then Notre Dame play Clemson, and then Clemson has two losses, and 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 Notre Dame has one. Then Miami will have, you know, Miami will have a leg up because if they don't lose and they don't even play Notre Dame, they can play Notre Dame in the championship game. That will be must see TV. So it works out. So I think this is where they probably trying to get um, Notre Dame. And all and West Virginia in, so it could be a little bit more competition, a little bit more excitement, and then see how it propels. And I I don't think um, I think it will work better, you know, and for the these four years and see how it goes. If you could get Clemson to play back in there like they did, but Clemson, you know, not Clemson, but Notre Dame said it last year was only their one time deal. Um, Clemson, like I said, Clemson, you know, finished second and beat undefeated Notre Dame in the, in the ACC championship game. Both teams earned college playoff spots. Um, the decision to decision by the ACC to end Miami's ver, um, versus Notre Dame um, annually rivals in a 31-year streak of the Hurricanes and Hokies playing every year since 1992. Oh, Miami, Miami, Virginia Tech have played twelve times as ranked teams and four times as both teams in the top ten. Virginia, Virginia Tech is Miami's fourth most frequent opponent. Um, Florida, Florida State, and Pittsburgh are the only three teams Miami. The Miami program has played more than, more often than Virginia Tech. Boston College is fifth frequent Miami opponent. Boston College will play Miami, Pittsburgh, Syracuse annually. Pittsburgh will play um, 
Boston College, Syracuse, and Virginia Tech annually. So, I mean, I mean, I guess for what, I mean, to me, for what it's worth, I think it it would help Miami. I think it would be a great thing for Miami, also to really incorporate and be a little bit more balanced. Um, to give them, you know, where they don't have to have that grind, like they have to end up having divisions where they have to continue to compete against teams, like say, because like last year, they had a chance they could have win the Coastal, but losing certain games kind of cost them. The North Carolina game cost them, you know, cost them. Um, no, no, not the North Carolina game, but the um, – Shoot, um, the game against Virginia cost them. Um, you had the game against North Carolina cost them. Um, they beat Pittsburgh. They beat North Georgia Tech. They lost as the game against Florida State. If they had won that game against Florida State, they would have had. They beat North. They beat West Virginia. Um, yeah, West Virginia. I mean Virginia Tech, and they beat Duke. The, the games that hurt them the most, it really hurt them the most, it was that um, Virginia game, that North Carolina game hurt them the most. Because if they had won the two games, they easily would have, if they had won either one of them games, they would have been paying for the ACC, ACC Coastal um, part of the championship, you know what I'm saying, last year. And that's, that's something that they have to really, they have to really start looking at you know, because it was it was bad. It was it was something that they should they should have looked at. Um, because you, you gotta think Miami was eleven and five. Pittsburgh, I mean, well, they was four and two in the division. Pittsburgh was five and one. If they had beat North Carolina, that would have put them at five and one. They would have won that division, even if they had beat Virginia. They would have put them in the. They would have put them in there. You know what I'm saying? So that that that's how close Miami was last year. And I think this year, I um once this is over this year, they I think they'll win the coastal. I think I think they'll win. They'll win the ACC. I think they'll win the coastal and win the ACC. I just think that um depends on how Boston College. Because North Carolina State always give Clemson trouble. Um, I don't know who Clemson really have on a schedule this year, but I'm going to take a look real quick because I think that that could serve a whole lot of a lot of um, <coughs> um, <clears throat> a, a whole lot of um where Miami, you know, where Miami looking to where, see how they, um, how they, they stack up. Because, like, I mean, dang. Um, so they got Georgia Tech. They got Furman. <laughs> Louisiana Tech. Wake Forest. North Carolina State. Boston College. Florida State. Syracuse. They got Notre Dame on the schedule again. They got Louisville. And they got us. 
So is to be honest with you, it's not gonna be easy for Clemson. To be honest, at Miami, that's why I say Miami could easily get into the college playoff this year by simply winning the games they need. Even if they do not, because they'll say, oh, well, Miami going to need help. You know what I'm saying? Well, they strengthen together. This is what the media is going to do to them. Because especially if they lose that Texas, that Texas A&M game next year, this is what the media is going to say. And if they win, Miami wins out and win the Coastal and wins, then they're going to say, well, Miami needs help. You know what I'm saying? They strengthen schedule, whatever. Nah, you can't use that because they only lost one game. And then they beat Clemson. And then they probably won't even play Clemson because if Clemson loses to North Carolina State, which they, I think they probably will because North Carolina State, then they got Notre Dame. And if Notre Dame is better than he was next year, than they was last year, and they beat Clemson, that's two losses. And then guess what? But at the same time, Miami can't lose either. They have to beat Clemson because – even if they lose the Clemson, say for instance they lose the Clemson, and if my say if Miami beat Clemson and loses to um, Texas A&M, then they only have one loss. And then playing in the AC the the ACC championship game and Clemson say Clemson won't, probably won't even be there because I doubt if they play in the ACC championship game with two losses. So. You got to look at what North Carolina State, Louisville, and and all of them, and Boston College. Boston College always play Clemson, so it's going to be kind of tricky. It's definitely going to be kind of tricky. I think the um <clears throat> for what all the things that Miami is trying to do, I think it's going to be. It's I think this year is going to benefit them going into next year. I think if they get. Even if Miami don't get to the playoff, and they if they get a New Year's Six Bowl game, that's going to really propel them for next year. And I think next year they will definitely be in the playoffs. I think they will definitely be in the playoffs next year because they will be just as good. Um, if not just as good this year as they was last year, I think they will be even better. I think they will be a good team this year. I think they'll just miss it. The New Year, I think they'll miss the playoffs just by a game, and I think they'll get that New Year Six Bowl against a top team, and they will win, and then they'll and then they'll get a high ranking going into next year, and that's what's gonna help their recruiting a little bit more going into next year, and knowing that they already knocking out quarterbacks left and right, and also, then you'll see Miami most likely playing the college championship, if. They don't. Even, if they don't spend the playoffs, then Miami will get in. But if they spend the playoffs, then, then Miami will definitely be a shoe fit to get in the playoffs. See, if they expand the playoffs this year, then Miami would probably have a shot. You know what I'm saying? So that's something we have to look at. Um, but yeah, this new this new scheduling, I think is is going to fit Miami very very perfect. Um, now let's talk about um, the Hurricanes um, 2020 class this year. Um, we all know that they they um, we got Jacory Brown, but with Miami having commits from 
Jaden Rashada and Emory Williams, who uh, who definitely will be participating in the Elite Eight. I mean, Elite Eleven camp this weekend in Las Vegas. Um, Steve went Wiltfong of the 24/7 Sports praised Rashad as one of the headliners of the Elite Eight and Williams as a natural thrower. Now, Ja'Cory Brown is mentioned as being a rawer. I don't know what that means, but I guess he had just have raw talent, just pure raw talent. Williams will be <clears throat> Williams has been the best high career completions percentage of the three. Um, um, at 63.7%, Rashad has a completion of 57 point um, of, his, of his career past temps and Brown with 54 has four. Now, granted, that does not mean anything because you have a higher complete, complete success. It's all about development. How much can you continue to develop and develop your arm and your completion? That will make that will get you on the field quicker. Learning how to make certain throws, precision type, down the field, fade routes, and all that stuff like that. And what Miami has projected in their offense, being more NFL type of offense, I think it will help these three guys tremendously to understand that because you got to think the likes of Michael Vick, Lamar Jackson, even Deshaun Watson when he came out. Deshaun had an arm because he, he was benefit from having that pro-type offense in Clemson. You know what I'm saying? Um, you got guys like Bryce, Brown, Bryce Young that's coming out this year, how well he's going to develop. You know what I'm saying? These guys will have a benefit in the John Gaddis offense to learn that kind of this kind of um, offense. I mean, this kind of um, <clears throat> stuff that they need to do. Now, Brown, <clears throat> but Brown proves Miami with a true dual threat quarterback. Brown ran for 4,205 yards and 54 touchdowns in high school. Miami signed Brown as their sole quarterback in the class of 2022. Rashad Williams could be the first pair of quarterbacks to sign with Miami in the same class since Brad Kaya and Malik Rozier in 2014. Brown and Rashad are likely to compete with 2021 Miami signing Jake Garcia to the Hurricanes starting um, as the starting quarterback. With Tyler Van Dyke expected to leave this year the 20, in the, for the draft, uh, with the production of the 2022 season, Miami was able to secure an official visit with Rashader, with Rashader, and less than a week before he announced his commitment to Hurricanes on Sunday, with further discussion with Rashader and Williams as part of the his Elite um, 11 preview of the 20 24/7 Sports. And with that being <clears throat> with that being said. I think that a lot of guys, like I said, they high on Jake Garcia. They like Jake Garcia. They love what he can do. But I think Jake Garcia is going to have a whole lot of competition. I think um, it's not going to be easy for him because these guys are going to come out hungry. And a lot of, like I posted a video about Rashada, and a guy told me, 
on my he commented, he said that Rashada will be a starter. And there's a possibility Ja'Cory uh, Brown could be a starter. Uh, Emery Williams could be a starter. I mean, any one of those guys could probably beat out, probably will beat out Jake Garcia. Jake Garcia is is going to be, I think if Jake, going into next year, Jake Garcia gets beat out for the starting job or going into next season, I won't be surprised if Jake Garcia get, goes into the transfer portal and transfer out because he'll probably see what the competition will look like from these guys and we'll see what they look like. And he might want to go to get a better opportunity. And I won't be, like I said, I won't be surprised if Jake Garcia was to transfer um, out of Miami because Miami is going to be, is, I think it's going to be hard for him to overtake any one of these guys. You know what I'm saying? Um, <clears throat> with Miami's new commit, Jaden Rashard is one of the headliners of the camp as well, ranked 29th nationally. Mario Cristobal will keep tabs. Miami has two quarterbacks committed, um, comp um, competing. Rashad is, is, is the herald name. He, he's been wooed. He's been wowing us in this, um, he's been wowing us in these settings for years now. Um, just a natural throw of the football who passes for 2,220 yards and 27 touchdowns as a junior in Milton, Florida. Um, quarterback Emory Williams threw for the Hurricane staff several times this offseason and Christopher and John Gaddis and company cut and pass on him as well. The nearly six foot five Williams was good for two, um, 2,168 yards and 16 touchdowns as a junior. And his tape flashes intriguing upsides as well. After taking a very raw passer, uh, after taking a very raw passer in the 2020 cycle in Jacory Brown, it was key for Chris Bo to land two talent passes. Millions of sewer lines will break each year, and those repair um, could cost home owners thousands. <clears throat> So that 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 prompt um, Mario to pick up these guys, you know, what I'm saying that has a natural ability of throwing the ball, and that's why I say like, um, to, um, these guys, these guys being uh, uh, natural throws of the ball is going to help, and I think Jacory Jacory Brown will he'll kind of benefit, he'll learn. From most of the for most of the time and everything like that, and that will be good for him. You know what I'm saying? So, but <clears throat> before the key for Cristobal is to land these two guys, and um, but the Miami Hurricane, but for the Miami Hurricanes, this quarterback um, group is the best it has been in years. The current and previous Miami coaching staff deserve praise for. Um, recruiting these um, these guys, Rashad is the highest rated quarterback since Kyle Wright in 2003, 20, um, in 2003, and Garcia previous held that distinction. Um, also, Rashad and Williams will be two of the 20 quarterbacks participating in the Elite 11. Alabama commit Eli Holstein, Christopher Vazinas, 
and Clemson and of Clemson and Nikolai Alama Lalevi, who is committed to Tennessee, among the other headliners. The next generation of Miami Hurricanes quarterback talent will be a full display, and this uh, I hope um, I hope I get to watch it because I do I definitely want to see how these guys throw the ball. I'm really big on wide receivers and quarterbacks, and when I'm looking at how you lead a team and how you guide, and this is why I was so high on Tyler Van Dyke. Now some people, some of them say that what well, Tyler Van Dyke wasn't really on the radar because he was behind. He was the third string. He was behind um, Jay Garcia and um, Derek King. Yeah, but when Derek King got hurt, and in that game on that what that coastal that Connecticut game, that Central Connecticut game, Jake Garcia and Tyler Van Dyke did play. They both played in that game. But unfortunately, Jake Garcia got hurt. We wouldn't have never know what Jake Garcia could have been in that game and which way Manny would have leaned because they both had they both was playing well. You know what I'm saying? But like I always say, it you cause you was a third string, that does not mean you was a bad quarterback or you wasn't better than the next guy. You you can't say that. It's Tom Brady hardly played at Michigan, but he got drafted in it. He got drafted in the NFL. He was a backup behind Drew on um, Drew Bledsoe until Drew Bledsoe got hurt and Tom Brady got his opportunity. And guess what? He made the most of his opportunity in seven Super Bowls and ten trips to the Super Bowl later. Here are we talking. So just to sit there and poo-poo all over Tyler Van Dyke and say, oh, well, he wouldn't have never seen the field with Derrick King. I still say this. If Manny, D- Manny Diaz had his favorites, that's what it was. And I don't think Tyler Van Dyke was his favorite. So therefore, you you don't know if a guy getting a fair shot because, you know, yeah, Derrick King was a senior. He wanted to roll with the senior. But – at some point in time, if you're a coach and your guy, regardless if he's a senior or not, if he ain't playing well, you go with the next guy. Period. You go with the next guy. Because guess what? If Tyler Van Dyke had won the Clemson, I mean, if he had won the what? The North Carolina, I think it was the Virginia game and the North Carolina game, guess what we would have been saying? Y'all would have been saying a whole totally different aspect of that. So my thing is this here is that as games had, as he got put in his position and guys was rallying around him with Charleston Rambo and them guys, and it was he's making plays, and guess what? You know, he made some mistakes, but he learned from them, and he still had a good statistic year from the second half of the season for coming in. Will Jake Garcia have them same kind of numbers? I don't think so. I, I really don't think so. Will we be able to? Will we? Will we be in a position to have beat Pitt with Jake Garcia? I don't think so. I, certain quarterbacks like Jake Garcia is a better runner than Tyler Van Dyke, but a th- a th- the throw of the football, I don't think he is. I just don't believe that. And this is why Tyler Van Dyke is in the position he is and has a chance to have a, a career year. 
in a new system with Manny, Manny Diaz, uh, not Manny Diaz, but Mario Cristobal, and is talked about in the Heisman and talked about as a first-round talent um, quarterback in the, two, in the 2023 draft. So look at Derrick King. Look, he got cut by the Patriots. He was drafted as an unrestricted, and he got cut. You know what I'm saying? Because he's short. He wants to play – you know, he wanted to change his position, and I'm sure he'll still probably get picked up by somebody. Um, but as a quarterback, Derrick King – to me, Derrick King shouldn't – I won't say he shouldn't have been the quarterback, but I think a change from him as quarterback should have gone into last year. Even if Tyler Van Dyke or Jake Garcia was the starter going into next year and we had success with one of them least – they was a they was more bigger, a little bit stronger than King. King constantly got hurt. You know what I'm saying? And him, he he got hurt, and then he came back. You know, and then he got hurt again this year. So he's injury. He was injury prone. So we would have never know what Jake Garcia would have been. I mean, even if Derek Derek because if Derek King was didn't get hurt, we wouldn't know what Tyler Van Dyke could be. We wouldn't even know what Jay Carzier would be. And then we wouldn't even be talking about recruiting Jacari Brown or, or Rashada or Emery Williams because we would have still had Tyler Van Dyke and um, Jay Carzier there. You know what I'm saying? It would. And I think for Tyler Van Dyke to have the game that he had, it was easy for um, – it was easy for – Mario Cristobal to say, hey, yeah, this guy, this guy got it, and they were willing to build around him. So I'm just saying all you need is a chance, regardless if you first, second, or third. Look at, what Taylor, look at Taylor Heineke. He, I mean, he's been around the league, and he, he finally got a chance. Now, he, he's a short quarterback too, but that, that's what I'm saying. It only goes for so, so far. Everybody can't be – a Doug Flutie. Everybody can't be a Drew Brees. Everybody can't be a Russell Wilson. It just don't work that way. So, I mean, I'm not saying I don't like it, like Jake Garcia, but I just say that, hey, Tyler Van Dyke was better. It was the better choice. He was the better choice, period, point blank. And because of that, he, he's in, he, Miami is in a, in a different position right now with him as the quarterback. Now, what he does going into this year, it's going to be very, very detrimental because the dude got an arm. He's very, he's gritty. He, to me, I just, he reminds me too much of Josh Allen, Tom Brady. I, I, I love the boy, grit. I love it. Um, but I definitely want to see this elite, the Elite Eight competition this weekend. Definitely want to see how these guys perform, how these guys play um, under certain circumstances. So, but until then, it's your boy Lawire Sports Update. Um, great, um, a great inside look of the, the new format for the ACC and what to expect for these young quarterbacks going down. And glad to see that Miami is investing a little bit more in talent, not just quality, you know what I'm saying? Because sometimes quality is it's just what it is. But you need talent to um, offset that, that quality. So, but again, 
Be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and hit that notification bell when I drop a hardcore fact on the video. Until then, go you. I'm out. Peace.